and welcome to this Christian Walk Podcast, the show where no topic is too taboo to empower you on your walk with God. I'm your host, Marley B, and it is my privilege to welcome you back to Season 5. And today's conversation is all about gratitude. Today, I invited my friend and sister in Christ, Rashida Green, to share her experiences about enjoying the state of gratitude in her everyday life through the blessings of life, love, and motherhood. Her conversation and testimony truly blessed me, and it is my prayer that it will do the same for you. So without further ado, let's get into it right now. Listen, homie, can you walk with me, talk with me? What you know about God, will he ride with me? Come and open my eyes for me, hear my story. Show me more, what's in store, and once more. Listen, homie, can you walk? Uh, can you walk? Let's walk. All right, Rashida Green, welcome to this Christian Walk podcast. Woo-hoo. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Miss Marley. Thank you so much for agreeing to be on here. I am super excited about this conversation. But before we get into it, I definitely want to give you a moment to introduce yourself to the TCW fam. Well, hello, hello. I am Rashida Green. I am the founder and CEO of Get Right Coaching, the host of the Mompreneur HQ community out there on Facebook. Um, the creator of Digimonpreneur Academy, where I help moms who are determined to find time, money, and location freedom to start growing scale online businesses so that they can build the life of their dreams without neglecting themselves or their families in the process. I am a Christian. I am a wife and a mother of two spicy young ladies. And um, yes, I'm an entrepreneur. Uh, my my background is uh, in corporate. However, I have found myself being entrepreneur for over 14 years now, and I love it. And yes, I am glad to be able to join you all on this Christian walk because in fact, each Christian, each person's walk is different. It is unique and totally their own. And so I'm glad to be able to be on the show to share my walk today. Awesome. It is so, so great to have you. And I, I thank you for going ahead and classifying yourself as a Christian, even though, you know, people who are not walking the walk right now, I'll say right now, because I'm always uh, plant a seed of bringing people to Jesus. Amen. But if Amen. you're not walking with Jesus, I'm not judging you. I'm not clowning you. None of those things. But I'm glad that you went ahead and said that. And I, I'm interested in how your background as a Christian is. Was it something that you grew up in or is it something that you came to later in life? Well, I am a PK. Ah. I am a kid. Yes, yes, yes. So I grew up in um, a Christian household. My mother is actually the one who brought my father to Christ and then he ended up being the pastor over the church that she was in and grew up in since she was six years old. And um, so once he became the pastor, I became a PK. And so that has been my life, you know, basically doing all of the tasks in the church simply because we did have a small family church. And so I learned how to do different things. I'm the, I'm the oldest of my siblings. And so I also had responsibilities there. So it just, at various points, I was just learned, I just learned to be a very responsible person and being in the church, learned how to do different things um, to help move the ministry. Well, yeah, well, yeah, you, well, you definitely in the right place because you've been walking this walk a long time and you walk in it with boldness, which is where we all strive to be right it was one thing yes we all strive to to do it with both and one time sometimes you just kind of creeping around on this christian walk like okay i don't know what i'm doing and but the goal is to do it boldly and to do it confidently and to do it with gratefulness right and that's the, the primary reason that i had you um or asked you to come on to the show today to talk about the importance of gratitude 
just recently you were featured in a book about gratitude. Tell us a little bit about that book. Yes, thank you. So um, we launched a book as a, a whole host of us um, that came together to do what is called the Community Book Project. And it's celebrating 365 days of gratitude. So a bunch of, of authors came together and created this um, book of just stories and impactful stories of what gratitude means to them. So there were some that were very personal. There were some that were sentimental. There were some that were, were poems. And then some were, were actual brief short stories all put into the pages of these of this book. And mine was one, and, and we tried to select dates, but I was not able to get the exact date I wanted. But I did get a date in spring because the, my article was about my springtime miracles. Um, so yes, we came together and in there, I was speaking about my gratitude for my springtime miracles, AKA my two spicy sister girls. <laughs> so you have two spring babies, I take it. To my daughters. Yeah, so you have two spring, both of them are spring babies? Both of them, yep. Okay, yep. when are their birthdays? March 27th and April 25th. Yep, okay. so they were both born in spring. Um, and if you don't mind, I can tell you more about that story and how, okay. And how that was so important to me to share with this gratitude book. And so with the with the story, I had to be brief because I needed to keep it to a single page. But I really wanted to convey how grateful to God I was for being able to have these young women in the first place. Because my story actually birthed from uh, one of infertility and uh, talking about you know, getting married, you know, it's the whole song. What is it? First come love, then comes marriage, then comes the baby and the baby carriage. Well, we were progressing, you know, we were friends first, you know, then we were, we were in love, we got married. And then, you know, the expectation societal norm is the next thing is to have a baby. Well, we were married for a whole five years without having any children. And at some, at, at points in our marriage, you know, it became a little stressful in dealing with the question because as I mentioned, it's a societal norm. Everybody kind of expects it. So they have no qualms in asking you, well, when you gonna have children? Well, when your baby's coming? Well, what y'all waiting for? I see y'all traveling. When you... Hey, well, first <laughs> off, <laughs> yes, we are married. Yes, we are going to enjoy one another as we are married. And so if we feel like traveling and waiting a while, that should be our pure business, right? Yes. <laughs> but, you know, people, it didn't stop people from asking the question. And sometimes that would lead to periods of depression, anxiety, stress, um, trying to figure this thing out. And yes, we are Christians. We are believers of God. And we know that he is the ultimate um, architect and he has this master plan and even when we don't know it he is still working right yes. and at that time you know we're talking about the christian walk sometimes you you detour sometimes yes. you feel like you're looking at the sign clearly say go yeah and you're like mm, no <laughs> so at that time it was a struggle um in a personal struggle of mine and so when we decided you know we we might need a little help here um, we decided, you know, to investigate with fertility specialists to find out, hey, what what's happening? What's going on? And so once we um, found out what was happening and, and got the assistance that we needed, um, we we were on our journey to motherhood. Um, but if I could interject, even in my own story about how it happened, one of the things, and we're talking about Christian Walk, that I found out was that I was not walking the walk. Like now, I was you now you gotta unpack that now. What you mean you wasn't walking it? So I here I am saying, Lord, we've been married all this time. We want to have a child. What's happening? It ain't happened. When you gonna make it happen? You know, and asking all these questions. And then I had heard <laughs> from the Lord and he said, Well, how are you asking me for something and you ain't doing what I asked you to do? And I was like, oh watch the pearls like what you mean and 
it was a time where I, I mentioned that I grew up in my parents' church. And when I got married, my husband no longer wanted to go to that church. And I'm looking like, well, that's on you. Go ahead. <laughs> Deuces. You want to, hey, this is a free world. This is our own, this is our own individual Christian walk. And this is where I'm getting fed. And this is where I've been fed. And this is where I'm staying. And my husband had grown to a level. He had become a deacon and, you know, he was um, ordained minister at the time. And he had a different um, message from the Lord on where he needed to be in order for him to grow. And because I wasn't getting the same message, I, I felt like, well, you know, if God led you that way, then go on ahead. And but I did was just going to two separate, two separate churches for years. No, not for years. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> when I started doing the math, I was like, oh, oh yeah. 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 It was a couple of Christmases. Yeah. It's a, yeah. Yes, it was. It was. And um, so I was like, well, I'm going to start going. Maybe I'll just go one Sunday a month. That's what I'll do. I'll go. Because my good old aunt, I ain't going to name no names. But my aunt was like, girl, you better go to that church so they know he married. That part. I'm like, you a good one. You know, you got a strong union. You like, go ahead to that pool of singleness by yourself. Right. And I'm right. here. <laughs> My aunt and her, and her wisdom said, mm -mm, you better go into that church and let them know that you, that man married. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, we well, got a ring on. They know. And then they was, you don't see you. That ring is catnip to some folks. Right, right. So I was like, oh Lord, have mercy. <laughs> I said, fine, I'll go one Sunday a, a month. And and those good people grabbed me up and hugged me up and loved on me. And, um, you know, and they made a made a space for me. And so I was like, okay, maybe two Sundays. And so I went two Sundays to, with him to church and I did two Sundays at my church. And, and at that point, um, as we were towards the five-year mark, my, you know, that's when I started conversing a little more with God about what's going on, what's happening. And um, that's what I heard. And that's what I, my revelation was, sis, what you doing? <laughs> you and want you God bring to bring something for you. A great point, because we always about what God is supposed to do for us. But we're, you know, we, we tend to negate the things that God is requiring of us. Mm -hmm. And Absolutely. the best thing we can do is get real about that, really have that conviction and, mm -hmm. and that realization. First of all, you be real about it and then own it and then fix it. Real, own it, fix it. Absolutely. Totally yeah. agree. And that's when the whole fixing part had to come together. And one year I just said, you know what, that, that I think it was a new year was rolling in. It was 2012. And I said, you know what, I can't, I can't, I can't keep asking God for these things if I'm not willing to do my part. And so I went and I joined the church in 2012 and I was pregnant that same year. Wow that same year um and so it was like oh see see how following god and listening and hearing and doing how he can and will fix it and so, so you have to do no fertility treatments or nothing like that yes we did oh, we oh. we yeah we did all that but god was so good um you know we found the right people um to work with um they were very informative they you know they gave us all the steps they kept us uh you, they kept us informed of every step of the way what was blocked here and what needed to be cut there and what you know all this stuff they was very they were very good people to work with um and again there was still struggle there because my husband um was traveling 60 percent um 60 to 7 percent of the year and so me doing that was uh kind of crazy too but, you know, some of the things that we, we've, some of the things that we've heard about, you know, these treatments and things and people who have gone through it multiple times with fail, times, yeah. um, right. And people who end up with multiples because they were just trying to even the odds, you know, it, you know, better the odds, um, only to find out that, that they had now five, six kids. 
Um, and, you know, we were, we were even in that leaning on God um, to say one and done Jesus, <laughs> because this is, this is a big deal. Um, and so it worked out in, in our favor that we did not have to do multiple attempts. We did not have to do multiple um, uh, pro procedures. We just did it once. And, wow. and God gave us favor and that, that help that we needed mm -hmm. um, worked once, one yeah. time. So, and then the second time you, you guys did it with no help. It was that's false, false, <laughs> false. <laughs> Wait a yeah. yeah. So you had to do the treatments again? Uh no, no. Okay. We did have to we did have to seek help again. Okay. Yes, because um uh five years later, we were at the same point. We had not had another child. Our child was asking for a sibling. We wanted her to have a sibling because Lord knows she was taking up all my life. Oh <laughs> uh, you know. Um, so yeah, we thought about it and we was like, well, you know, it's not, it's not, it's not a necessary, you know, if God wills it, it'll be, you know, again, we're still Christians. We're still believing. Um, and I think that God put people in place to help you to get to different levels in your life. And in this case, it just happened to be, you know, a fertility specialist that helped us to be able to have, uh, these beautiful springtime miracles. And so, yes, we still sought help. But that in itself, I'm glad you brought that point up because that in itself was another miracle. We went to um, a specialist and they did these tests and they said, oh, well, this is the problem. And they showed us this diagram, this picture of the blocks, all the blockage and how the the colored, the colored, um, I forgot what they call it, but it's this colored dye that they put in and where the colored dye just built up because it was yeah. blocked, couldn't go any further. Um, and that's why that that's the presumption as to why, you know, this this we could not conceive because there was a blockage. Right. And our the near the year turned over and the insurance company was like, Well, guess what? New insurance, we don't cover that group. So we had to start all over. And uh when we started over, the um uh, and this this is not this is not IVF or anything, this is just um, to identify what's going on and then potential treatments. Um, so we found out that we couldn't, we had to go to a new fertility specialist. We went to the new fertility specialist only. Um, and with it, with, with them, they were like, um, and we kept praying and, you know, while all this was going on, cause we were upset at first, but then, you know, we just prayed that God's will be done. And when we went to this new doctor, they ran the tests again and they said, what blockage? I'm like, it, we, we saw the diagram. It was, it, it, it was stopped. It was a puddle. Right. And she was like, no, there's no blockage. So okay. the Holy Spirit just plunged you right on out and you was good. I was like, <laughs> and you know, we was, we was praising God for that. Hey. And she was like, there is no blockage. It was like, once she said that, it was like, what? So she said, okay, well we can proceed if you would like. And so we started, um, treatments, but the day I was supposed to report in so that we can actually start the process, I, nothing happened. I.e. my cycle had not come. So what that meant was, oh, I'm late. Oh my gosh, what's happening? And sure enough, we were pregnant. Wow. So we went from December <laughs> with this blotch on the screen saying we're blocked and can't have children right. to without surgery. Cause that was the next step. They were setting us up for surgery for that February. Wow. So you were able and to avoid surgery, avoid that's surgery good. altogether. And something that we thought, and that's another lesson, something that we thought that was going to be frustrating and just expensive and just a mess transferring switching over from doctors you know and this is not just a regular you know regular physician this is a, these are fertility specialists you can't just find them the diamond dozen right you have to make sure you're doing your research and that these are good people and we were in a whole nother state from the first time that we did it so it was just a whole different ball game and then trying to do that 
uh, second round and being told, oh, well, now we don't cover that place. So you got to go somewhere else. It was just very frustrating. And then God just, again, he showed up. And this also was a time after, you know, just really getting acclimated. We had just moved into uh, Charlotte. We were trying to do, you know, we were in ministry. My husband had started um, ministry classes over again. So, you know, it was just a lot going on and um, I was still home from work. So it was just a lot going on. And when we were going through this, it was not the easiest thing uh, because I remembered, you know, I, we don't, we can, the past is the past, but you still remember. I remember how hard it was going through that the first time. It's so important for us to remember the stuff because sometimes we forget and that's when you find out and you lose gratefulness because you forget about the road that God had carried you through Mm. you know we have so remembering is a good thing so definitely continue to do that but I I'm curious that how you held on like when in in the wait like when you when you first see that first diagram and you know you and then you first get that notification that okay, you're going to have to start all over and you know, and you move it from one state to another and that's going to make it even more of a uphill battle. How do you hold on to your gratefulness in the middle of it? Because while you have hope, it still needs to be, you know, that gratitude has to be hand in hand with it, I believe. And so how, how do you, how did you hold on to it during those tough times? During those tough times, it was just a matter of holding on and doing what I've been doing. And so um, when you get tired, you get stressed out. Um, sometimes you just feel like drawing back and hiding in the corner. Um, and sometimes that's what I did. But most times it was just going back to what I knew. And I knew that God was a healer. I knew that God was a miracle worker. I knew that he could bring me out of whatever I was going through, whatever um, was stressing me out, i.e. these people and t- tell me I had to start all over and find new t- and find a new team. And it was just, it was, it was hard, but I was still in church. I was still in ministry. Um, I was, I was keeping myself extra busy. Actually at that time I was in like five different ministries at one time, it, but you know, that's, that was my coping mechanism. Some might say um, to be able to just be active, stay busy, keep my mind off of what I can't control. And for me, that seemed like something I couldn't control. Um, And just, again, just like you said, having that hope, but also that faith in knowing that God is who he says he is. So even in those struggles, even when it got hard, even when I wanted to give up and all that stuff, you know, I'm not going to say that I was free of those feelings. I am human. Um, but at the end of the day, I, I knew I had to just hold on and trust God. And so when he came through on baby number two, right. Without having no surgery, it was like, Oh, (laughs) and then in retrospect, I'm, I'm definitely want to ask you this because you told me that, you know, keeping busy. And I know that's, that's sometimes the default for a lot of people. And in retrospect, do you think that was the best option? Because sometimes people, uh, will do take that route, and that's not the healthiest route. So, would you is that something you would suggest in retrospect? Or I, I'm definitely want your your opinion on that. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, especially in my case, trying to have a baby. Oh uh, no! Yeah, Busy just pile on more stress while I'm tr- while it's- I should be calming myself exactly so no it is it was not the best advice that i should give i would give anyone who is trying to um who is trying to conceive that you would go about making yourself even busier no no because <laughs> you should be at a more relaxed um slow uh pace not that you have to stop because again women do a lot of things as it is and if you're working full time and you have children already at home or if you're working full time and you're in ministry you already have stuff going on and I'm not saying oh stop drop and roll what I'm saying is don't create more busyness um and more stress for yourself unnecessarily um ministry is good god wants you to be serving 
You should not be sitting down saying, oh, I'm not going to do anything till I get till I get what I want from God. No, you need to serve while you wait. And then, you know, that whole praise, praise him before, you know, praise him before the thing happened. Praise him as if it already happened um, and serve him as if it already happened. Um, I think that is actually what what you should do. What I did, what I did was that times 10. Right. Because I was doing I was doing all the busyness trying to to show God. Oh, yeah, God, I'm faithful. I'm doing it. You can't earn it. Oh, come on now. Come on now. You can't earn it. You cannot. But it, and you made a great point. It is so we ask out for stuff, but we don't prepare. We don't expect it in how we move and how we, you know, and how we do life. We don't make room for it. And I'm not saying, hey, go ahead and buy a bassinet before you get the, the test, but or whatever the situation is, because it's not always about trying to get pregnant, whatever you expecting God for, if you believe in your heart that that's something he told you he's going to do for you in his time, then we should believe it and expect it in our, in our, in our, in our actions and in our, and in our, you know, and in our living. You know, Absolutely. and so I, I think that is a point that we definitely, you know, because sometimes we we sit and ask God for stuff all day and then we'll mm -hmm. we won't we won't really expect it. And we really need to expect that he's gonna do what he said he do, especially when we're in alignment with him. Now you can't just and I want us to I want people to be clear that's listening to this. We're not saying God is a genie and he's gonna give you everything that you ask him for. This is not that. And when, but when you are in relationship with God and he is in a, you in alignment with what he said he's going to do for you, because, and let me ask you that, let me, you know, specifically, did you know that you were going to have a second baby? Did you know? And how did you know? Hmm. I, that's a good question. I, I kind of expected that I would. Like even when we were, even though it had not happened in five years, right? Four years, you know, four years, because um, we had her five years later. So in, it hadn't happened in all that time. Um, I still felt that there was one more. People were telling me, oh, don't you want the boy? I just want one more. I'm not trying for a boy. I just want one more. And um, so when we started out, I kind of didn't think that I wouldn't have another one when we, I, I just felt that if he did it before he could do it again. And so I did have an expectation. That's what's up. And that expectation, that's something that we definitely need to have. And, you know, just to make sure that we are making, generalizing this thing, you know, because I don't want people to think once again, that this is specific to this situation. What God did in this situation, he is such a great big God that he can do it in your situation. You know, he can do it in my situation. I've seen him do amazing things for me that I never thought would happen. And it, and some things I expected, and some things I couldn't have fathomed. Imagine, <laughs> right? You know, I could not have fathomed. So I'm not gonna say everything that God do for you, you gonna you gonna expect it. Some He will blow your mind. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he, he definitely will. But when we are, you know, talking about being in a state, it, it, we're living in a time and in a world that's full of so much despair. It's, you know, we have earthquakes that's popping up everywhere. It's wars and threat of wars. We right now in the threat of nuclear war from Russia. Real talk, right? Homelessness is at an all-time high. Mass shootings and other senseless violence. Addiction is rampant. Uh, looming threats of this lingering uh, COVID-19. You know, it, sometimes it, it, it's, it's easy to join the status quo of, God is in a good God, right? And I just want to be able to show people what's the best way to hold on to gratitude 
in the midst of calamity, in the midst of things looking as though, you know, it's hopeless. Because at the end of the day, we still have hope. But I, what I think we, what I think, and I, and please correct me if I'm wrong. One point that I think that we definitely want to drive home is gratitude is a choice. Absolutely. And I want to, you know, give you a chance to speak on choosing that. We have to get up and choose, make that choice every day. We can choose to look at the negative or the things that we don't have, or we can choose to know God, our father, is working even the stuff that we can't understand out for our good. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. It is, and it definitely is a choice. I mean, there's so many things in life that we do, what we acknowledge, what we um, put as important in life are based on choices. And one of them is gratitude. And I would say that we don't think about it as a choice or something because the, the basic gratitude that we do is, oh, somebody give me something. I'm going to say thank you. Right. But even in that simplistic, in that simplistic view, it still applies when it comes to God and what he has done. And when we think about if we had to say thank you, which is the common courtesy or gratitude for when somebody does something for you, we would never cease to stop thanking God. Because everything that we are, everything that we do is from God. When we take a breath and they say how X number of breaths that a person could take in a day, with no without having doing any exercise or whatever the average is is a lot it's a lot mm -hmm. and so just even having breath in our bodies is something that we should be grateful to god for and you know when somebody gives you something and you say thank you um a person a, a good-hearted person a kind person is automatically sometimes thinking what can I do nice for you? Because they feel gratitude. They're grateful for you doing something nice for them. And they normally want to reciprocate it. Now, you'll have people that will give you a gift and say, don't give me nothing back. Because they know that that, that that person is the type of person that will want to do something back. And it's not it's not tit for tat. It's not, oh, you did something for me. I got to do something. Or, you know, somebody did something for me. I don't want to have to owe no man. You know, that is true. That is such a great point. That's true to an extent, right? I don't want to, no, you did something good for me. I'm going to have to do something bad. I'm going to have to outdo your good. Yeah, yeah. You know, we get into that, but it not, it's not necessarily something that we should be doing because we just want to express gratitude. It's not a competition. It's not a, I'm going to outdo you or I feel like I have to do something to um, to make up for the good that you've done for me. Because if we do that in our earthly how about the 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 unearthly, the the heavenly, yeah. right? That relationship with God. If He does something for us, and we try we trying to outdo Him and His good, it's never going to happen. They say you can't beat God given, no That's matter right. how hard you try, right? <laughs> yeah. So, but we have to, but we should be able to accept the choice. You have an option to be grateful or to not be grateful. You have an option to give or not give. And if God is constantly giving into you and pouring and pouring into you and sharing all of his goodness with you, then a grateful person will make the decision to show gratitude. God, you've been good to me. I'm going to give to your church. I'm going to serve and um, I'm going to worship. I'm going to praise. I'm going to pray. I'm going to help. I'm going to love. You know, you want to do all these things because you know that the things that you have were given um, graciously to you. So you want to then turn and be gracious to others. Um, and so gratitude is definitely a choice and you can choose to do it every day. And that's why sometimes it's even a struggle because it is a choice. If you had to do it every day, you know, 
then you'd be doing it begrudgingly, which also leads to the, um, you know, I already did, you can't be God given, but you know, you have to be a cheerful giver too. Yes. Right. So yeah. if you're not cheerful and you're giving people might, they might receive what you're giving, but they may feel some kind of way. Okay. Absolutely. <laughs> and, it revealed. and I love the fact that the, the point that you made, because, and it made me specifically think about Christmas time. Cause you know, some people don't like to get Christmas gifts or gifts for your birthday or gifts at all. Sometimes let's get yes. real general about bless you to Thank get, you. because they feel that they have to give a gift back. And, you know, I was one of those people. I was one of those people that, you know, I, I'm a gift giver. And so it's hard for me. I felt a, a certain level of guilt. If somebody gave me a gift and I didn't give back, and that's something that I had to kind of had to shake that because I done gave plenty of gifts and didn't give it back and didn't think nothing, didn't think nothing of it. But for some reason, I could. If somebody gave me one, I felt the need to have to do something nice for them. But and I think if we look at it in terms of okay, I was blessed in this moment. When I get an opportunity, I'll bless somebody else. They don't have to necessarily be that person. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? And that is a, a way of showing gratitude by paying it forward, even. And I just paying think that, yep. yeah, paying it forward is a, a sign of gratitude. It's not so much, don't feel like, okay, okay, I owe you something because you gave me something, because that's not what giving is supposed to be about. It's supposed to be about the heart. If I'm mm -hmm. giving it to you now, if we're talking about a, a loan, that's something different. But if we talk about, <laughs> Rashida, I'm not messing with that. That's different. But if you talking about somebody give you, do a nice gesture for you and give you a gift of the kindness of their heart, we got to shake that that culture that uh, I have to give something back. People need to let that go because it, it's something associated with that. I'm not sure if that's pride. I'm not sure exactly what that is, but mm. we got to shake that. Because it's definitely not of God because God gives to us knowing we can never repay him. And mm -hmm. our, our goal is to be like Jesus. And he gave his whole life for us. And mm -hmm. so we'll never be able to pay that back. Not but really. he wants us to be gracious to other people. So that's something that I, I hope if nothing else comes out of this, if, if, if somebody does something from you, don't always feel a need to, 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 to give it back and don't block people's from from giving that right there uh, Don't my, block yes, from giving. My, my, my mother would say that when she's giving when she because she i'm a gift giver too so i give gifts all the time and i get that from her because she is a giver um and she would try to when she gave somebody something and they'd be like no i can't take that don't block my blessing. my blessing. That's it. Lord told me this is what I'm supposed to do. Don't block yeah. my blessing. Don't keep yeah. me from getting what I got to get from God because you want to be like, oh, I don't want no, I'm not taking it. <laughs> so I got yes, that because you know that is something that is that's a real issue. And I think a lot more people suffer from it than they admit because it's not really a conversation that's that happens a lot. And that's something I hope that awareness is flaring up in people so we can let that go. We we can let that go. Girl, go on, take your gift. Go on to take your gift. Go on to take your blessing. Because trust me, whether you want to give it or got, got it to give, it's going to come back to them. And it's going to come from God. Trust and believe that. Yes. Indeed. You know what I'm saying? So that was a great point. I love it. And so when we think about you know, just ways of we we give we already gave a little homework. That's a little conviction homework for everybody. But I want to give a little bit more homework here, Rashida. I hope you can help me with this because I think that the practice of gratitude it it can be a skill that we all probably need to work on, right? And it's some things that we can do to kind of you know help exercise that muscle that that gratitude muscle so we can all get better at gratitude right mm -hmm. um i definitely want to get you to tap in on this but um definitely we've already talked about of course being in a relationship with god having prayer meditation journaling these are the type of things that help us identify the things that we're grateful for and be able to really verbalize them and put them in our spirit so we can walk in that gratitude. 
You know what I mean? But, um, and then there's other things that we can do. I, I feel like staying away from, ne you know, negative people. Don't allow negative people's bad attitude or bad energy to, uh, to change ours. <laughs> you know, if you get up and you make that decision to be grateful, don't let nobody change your mind during the day. Whether mm -hmm. they be in traffic, whether they be on that job, whether they be, you know, uh, all day ordering their Starbucks in front of you and you just want to get your ma macchiato. I'm not a coffee drinker, but whatever, you know, I, I just know macchiato and, and coffee. But I don't even think I'm saying macchiato right. But don't get me lying because I don't drink it either. <laughs> yeah. Right. Your cocoa, whatever, this, your scone, whatever your situation is, right? But don't let people to, to knock you off of that decision that you made, that you decided that you that this is the day that the Lord has made, and I will rejoice and be glad in it. Once you make that decision, hold on to it. But I want to get, give you a chance to add to that. What other things we can practice to build our gratitude muscle? Well, let me just tell you, I did, I did, um, I do have a gratitude journal that I um, sell on. Amazon. And that's what I'm going to refer to as I, as I share today. Um, one of the things that you kind of touched on it is journaling because it is a journal um, and being able to write down all those things, you know, sometimes it just, we talked about not forgetting and going back and remembering you can go back to a journal entry from five years ago and just be brought to tears by your own writing, your own reflections of a day. And you'd be like, Oh my gosh, I will. I remember that. I was struggling with that and now I've overcome that, right? So journaling is definitely a way to pour out your feelings and writing so that you can get it off of you. Sometimes I say get it off of you because sometimes it, that's just what it is. Those words and those feelings can be on you so heavy that if you don't share it, um, it 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 can become uh, stressful and anxiety uh, just build up on you. So sometimes when you're even those things that are not so happy, you need to write down so that you can get that pressure off of you. If you feel like you can't talk to someone, writing it is another way to get it out of your system so that you can move on and move forward. So yes, journaling would definitely be something I would recommend. Also inside your journal, it doesn't always just have to be writing what happened for the day. It can be very purposeful writing. What are you writing about? Well, I'm writing about today, five things that I'm grateful for that happened today. I'm, um, you can do the way one of my journals is set up for, um, morning and evening reflections. So what are five things I'm grateful for this morning? What are five things I'm grateful for this evening? Also positive affirmations. So I am, I am deserving. I am wealthy. I am deserving of happiness. I am, um, I am capable. Money comes to me because I deserve it. You know, you know, or, um, you know, just affirmations about positive, positive affirmations about health, wealth, success, love, spirituality, whatever it may be, but just positive affirmations that you can speak over yourself on a daily basis to try um, to recalibrate those negative thoughts. You're basically fighting off negative negativity with positive thoughts about yourself and about the world. Because if you're constantly thinking negatively or that the world is um, ending or what was um, the sky is falling or, you know, those things, then that negative uh, attitude is definitely going to keep you bound um, it, and separate you from God because he is a good God. And if you're <clears throat> always thinking about all the negative and the bad and well, why God ain't saved these people, you know, let God do what God do. That's right. And you just practice your practice in the best ways that you can um, to make the best version of yourself by being positive and practicing those positive affirmations. And then um, also, I'd just like to say to consider your accomplishments each day. Now, one of the things I tend to struggle with is that I do a lot, but it seems to me so little right? I'm like, oh, that's it. Oh, how was your day? What'd you do? I ain't do nothing. And then when you think of when you actually have to write down what it is that you've done, you're like, oh, I was a lot. a lot today. 
<laughs> I did this, I did that. But, you know, when you're just in the basic, oh, you know, nine to five, or you're just doing your thing, you know, you're just doing the day. Yeah. Um, And you don't really think about it. If you're not thinking about it, you don't get a chance to be grateful because you kind of like just think it's supposed to happen. That's when we're taking things for granted. Uh, but no, we we have to be able to be in a place of gratitude and make the choice every day. And the way that you can do that are those things we just mentioned about journaling, um, writing down your um, accomplishments, meditating, uh, and also you know having those positive affirmations that you speak into yourself and speak into your life every day. And then I think that we would also be remiss if we don't um, bring up the fact that sometimes help is needed. Sometimes you need theology and therapy. And if you can't find your happy, if you can't find your gratitude, you may need to seek out a professional. And, you know, sometimes People feel like, oh, I'll just find a friend or a cousin or a sibling and pour all this stuff on them and that should help. But we need to really absolve our, our family and friends from all of that sometimes. It's cool sometimes, but for real, everybody needs to go ahead and benefit from a, 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 a professional friend. You need a professional friend, okay? And it's okay. We need to remove the stigma of going to see counselors, going to see therapists. I appreciate, I, I hate all that done had to happen for us to get to the point to really acknowledge the importance of mental health. But we whatever, we're here and we're they they are a lot more attentive to it. So what people need to do now is take advantage of it. Don't delay it. And the, the, the hardest thing you're going to do is make the appointment. Once you make the appointment, that's the hard part. And then all you got to do is get in there and just be open to trust. <laughs> that's good. That's good. And, you know, and you said that's the hard part. And that literally is the hardest part because these therapists be booked out for months ahead of time. You'd be like, wait, hold on. I was trying to get some. I got problems now. Exactly. <laughs> and they like, we can't see you until okay well the next available appointment is six months later okay mm -hmm. yeah like whoa, whoa whoa so that is the hardest part you have to make sure that you're looking for someone who is uh that can get you an appointment who is somebody compatible with somebody that's going to understand you and the last thing i'd like to add too was i almost forgot was the prayer prayer being in constant con communication with the Lord. So if that's in morning, night, noon, in between lunch breaks, whatever the case may be, have that relationship with God where you're able to speak with him and show him your gratitude through your words, your prayer and your worship. Absolutely. And now what's the name of your gratitude journal? It is a five week gratitude journal. And um, it's just uh, really just pages full of so that you can document all of the stuff that you we just talked about. It's a journal. And so it allows you to be able to document these things to help you to remind yourself uh, to be great, grateful. And then you'll be able to reflect on the ways that you have shown gratitude throughout your week. And um, yeah, it's, it's one of several different types of books that I have, have available. And I could um, drop the link at some point. But um, yes, that is gratitude it's a choice and yes. so do you have a website i do so right now i am at www.digimompreneur.com and that's d-i-g-i-m-o-m-p-r-e-n-e-u-r.com and all of the journals uh will be on the shop tab so we have prayer journals, we have journals for couples, we have um, to-do list journals. So just a variety of journals. And then of course, the community book project celebrating uh, 365 days of gratitude is available on um, Amazon under Digimonpreneur Publishing. Awesome. So I'm gonna make sure that we get that. I'll get with you so I can get like, I'll, I'll put the uh, website up so people can see it again towards the end there and the credits and, that, and I'll make sure that I put it 
underneath the video when I put it up on YouTube so people can just kind of click on it and get to you. Um, I appreciate you sharing it. I appreciate you being here. And I'm definitely not going to let you go without saying congratulations on being a recipient of the 2023 Phenomenal Woman Award. I did Ooh, see that. Yeah. <laughs> congratulations. Yes. Yeah, so do you want to talk about that? I would. Well, I, I was a recipient of the 2023 Phenomenal Woman Award sponsored by the um, My Sister Keeper organization. And it was just a pleasant surprise and something very wonderful that I experienced with um, 23 other women, I believe. And uh, well, I'm not going to, don't quote me on that, but <laughs> with um, some other women, phenomenal women who are just making moves in their respective industries. And it was just, I just felt really blessed and showing and, and in showing gratitude. I was just like, thank you, God, you know, because we launched the book in December. And then um, in last month, we were able to have that award. And so 2023 has just really been a good year so far. So I'm grateful for that. I am grateful for you. Thank you so much for being here and joining in this conversation. I hope you had a good time. I hope you'll come back. Oh, shucks now. Yes, I had a good time. <laughs> come on now. <laughs> Rashida, thank you so much. And I appreciate you so much. Thank you for having me and to your wonderful community. Come on, walk this Christian walk. That part. <laughs> Thank you so much, Rashida, for coming on to the show and sharing your beautiful testimony about gratitude with us. And remember, you can get your copy of Celebrating 365 Days of Gratitude on Amazon today. And if this conversation spoke to you, please like it, share it, comment. Don't forget to subscribe to my YouTube channel. Remember, you can also check out our website, which is thischristianwalk.com, as well as stream us on the go on iHeartRadio, as well as Apple Podcasts. Now, when it comes to gratefulness and gratitude, it's all fine and dandy when everything is going well in life. But what about when life is not looking the way we planned it in our head? That is when true faith kicks in. And remember, if God brings us to it, he will bring us through it. So we should be grateful in every season of life on this walk with God. And one thing I know for sure is loving God can be easy. Trusting God can be hard. But I believe we can all get there one step at a time on this Christian walk. I will see you next time. Listen, homie, can you walk with me, talk with me? What you know about God, will he ride with me? Come and open my eyes for me and my story. Show me more what's in store and once more. Listen, homie, can you walk?